The current spoiler warning level is, Cerulean. Friends and folks, for this episode, you're looking at a spoiler warning level of Cerulean. We're talking about a variety of machines from Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam, and then some uh, spin-off manga and stuff, but nothing that is spoilery for GGP. So please, enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Mechanista NG. This is the spot where we hang out and talk about Gundams and Robots. I'm Six Stepmar from Scanline Media. I'm Dylan. Hey, Dylan, how you doing? Pretty good. Just finished a lot of curry and am going to pass out maybe while we're recording. Hopefully not, but maybe. We'll see. Depends on what we roll, I guess. Yeah, that's entirely fair. Well, let's 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 start off by figuring out what universe we're gonna be in. We're gonna be in the second half of early UC. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Well, we need. It's uh, probably okay. I can cover early UC a decent bit more. Zeta era and double Zeta is ideal, but that's fine. Let's see what we get. Let's see what we get. Oh, let me quickly fix the list because it didn't remove the S Gundam. There we go. And. <laughs> We're talking about the PMX-001 Palace Athene. Yo, okay. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I know that we've been doing this in a lot of episodes where we've been like, well, there's a bunch of related units that we could talk about. The thing is, the Palace Athene does not get variants, really. It technically has one. Mm-hmm. Do we want to just talk about... Do we want to make this the Shiroko special and just talk about all the PMX mobile suits? That would be the Masala the O, Palace Athene, and Bullenoke. Just those four, and then whatever variants. They don't have a lot, is the thing. I don't have a problem with that, and I guess we'll do it numerically. We'll start with the Masala. Yep. Uh, just because, like I said, if we just did a Palace Athene episode, it would be, what, a 30-minute episode? And I know that like sometimes we go, oh, we're going to record a second episode afterwards uh, for a spoiler thing, but sometimes it's just fun to cover a whole class of mobile suit, because... These are all weird ones built by fucking Shiroko. It feels not, it feels good to do that. Mm-hmm. IMO. So, yeah, let's do it. It's our show. We make our own rules. We follow them, and then sometimes we break them, and it's all good. That's how we do. Exactly. It's Friday right. night. So, <laughs> God damn it. Um, wait. No, it's not. It's Easter Sunday. Wait. The, 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 the song by the Backstreet Boys. Oh, is, see, I this was is how we do the... it. It's Friday night. Okay, I didn't know that because, see, I, I don't have knowledge of that. Not only that, but I actually thought you were making a reference to the Killer 7 post where it's like, the, the, the you know what? It's not a big deal. It's fine. Um, PMX 000 Masala. Uh, this is a weird mobile suit made by Paptimus Shiroko um, on board his oversized ship the jupitris that i also just want to quickly mention because it's a ridiculous ship and we don't talk about ships but the jupitris jupitris fucking huge uh shiroko is you know a a helium three minor he's not a minor he's a helium three baron i guess you would describe him as i guess yeah that seems that seems pretty um 
that that hangs out mostly by Jupiter. And like all people who hang out around Jupiter too long, he's he a fucking stupider. weirdo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that too. Um, but you know, he he's a weirdo, and he makes really strange bubble suits, uh, including. I believe this is the first transformable we see in Zeta Gundam, right? Yes, it is. Yep. The PMX-000 Masala. So this mobile suit is a rather large mobile suit defined by being the earliest transformable that we see. Um, we we feel... So it's so good because when it gets introduced, it's a really cool mobile suit. But it's so funny because Shiroko almost feels like a kind of an enemy of like... not Maybe not enemy of the week, but an enemy of like an arc, right? Because mm -hmm. he gets introduced, he kicks their butts, like, decently well in the Masala. Like, you know, it's a it's a more evenly matched fight than they usually get. And then he flies off, and you're like, okay, so this is going to be someone who's maybe kind of important, but not super important, right? He's going to be very important. Anyway, He's going to be so um, important. So, the, uh, the Masala, though, this is a very neat mobile suit. Um, so, first of all, very striking color scheme. Uh, purple on purple. Um... And I really like it. Uh, this is designed by Kazumi Fujita, a uh, designer of many mobile suits I really like in Zeta. Um, <clears throat> so, the design of this mobile suit is also really weird. Because if you look at the body, the body and the head are all integrated into one thing. It mm. does have, like, a mono-eye setup. You've got, like, a weird little head. But, like, it, it's, like, a head that's, like, tucked in. Um, and it's a really cool-shaped head. I actually would be interested to see a head shape like this, like, just on a normal mobile suit. But instead, it's just, like, it's just got a collar or something, like, that's tucked into, mm -hmm. um, is how it almost looks. Um, the torso, kind of makes clear that it's a transformable too. You have lots of, like, weird little, like, gappy areas, and, like, you can tell that, like, it's gonna fold up, basically. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's got a very pointy area going down the crotch. Um... When you look at the arms, the arms are really neat because the arms are, like, these really boxy, tall, and they're quite long, actually. I have the model of this, and I, I don't know if the art really shows it as well, but, like, it's got really... It, the proportions on this thing are strange. Um, the arms have uh, grenade launchers built into either arm, and they also um, have uh, claws on them as well. Um which are pretty cool. It's got just big old arm claws it can use. Uh, basically, uh, like, <sighs> this mobile suit has a lot of weapons, actually, now that I'm looking at them, because I forgot. The shoulders also have missiles, mm -hmm. um, which we, I don't, I'm trying to think if anything in Zeta at this point also had, like, missile pods like that. Like, probably not. This thing, this thing is very loaded for the time it's introduced. It's a very, like I said, very striking mobile suit design. Um, well, and when it's introduced, it is introduced as a mobile armor, right? That yes, first fight is, is them being like, oh shit, it's on mobile armor. And then it just sort of like, just sort of pops out and is like, yo. Um, yeah. And I think the design reflects that where I, I, I do think, I do like it's, it's, it's mobile suit form, but it does feel like a design that not only do I think the, the mobile armor form is good. I think the design is clearly to make the mobile armor form the, the sort of the main focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. So, you've got missile launchers in either arm. You've got uh, the missile launchers in the shoulder. Uh, you have Vulcans on the arms as well. You can kind of see them in the art. Mm -hmm. um, and, like I said, those little front areas, those open into big claws. Um, if you look down at the legs, so we've got some very long leggy. Um, no, no skirt armor 
Again, probably because this thing is very facilitated around its transformation. Skirt armor is probably something that's a little hard to work into a transformation, especially one as kind of streamlined as this thing. Because, mm -hmm. um, I, like I said, I, I like mobile armor modes that look like they could be in a shmup. <laughs> is how I feel about mobile armors. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about the Masala. Is I could see this as like a shmup enemy without it even turning into a robot. Um, and I think that that's good. Um, as you go down the legs, you get these really long, uh, it's got really long, uh, calves and stuff. Um, got, like, these cool scoops on the back of the legs when it's in mobile suit mode, because uh, it has thrusters on the back. Um, and then also on the legs, you've got these almost he high-heeled feet, where the back heel, though, is claws, actually. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, because the feet can also operate as claws. Uh, and it, even in, like, other designs, like, in the line art, it's not very apparent, but, like, you can see, like, the design for the HDUC actually just makes them outright into high heels, along with some of the other art that's around. Like, uh, in Zeta Define, they're also treated more like high heels, whereas, like, on the uh, the old art, the original art, they're more tucked in. But heels on robots are good also. Um, and then, finally, uh, a very notable, noticeable thing. So the back of this mobile suit, it has a very strange backpack, because the backpack is more just like a sensor. It does have, like, a thruster, but that's actually... Not on the backpack, it's mounted on the rear skirt. Um, mm -hmm. What the backpack instead has is two large binders that have big thrusters on them, as well as beam cannons on the front of them. Yeah, mega particle cannons. Just yes. some, some real serious business. <laughs> uh, as the wiki claims, uh, comparable to those of a battleship. Um, big, strong machine. Like, and like you said, it shows up as a mobile armor, and it, and it looks mean in mobile armor mode too, because besides the mono-eye, the front of the chest also has, like, these weird, like, almost, like, strange, like, I don't know, like, robot monster eyes, I guess you would describe them as, mm -hmm. um, on the front of the torso there, uh, when it's all folded up, and I love that. Um, yeah, it's a really, it's a really good-looking machine. I, I'm gonna go out on a limb. I think this is the coolest-looking of the machines that Sirocco made. Uh, that's fair. Uh, honestly, that's fair. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite. But it's definitely up there, and like I said, it's the one I actually own a model of. Um, mm -hmm. I quite, I quite like this machine, and it just feels very advanced uh, and like fancy because you know this is going up against like the Mark II. We haven't seen a transformable mobile suit. Not only is this transformable, but like I said, that loadout is pretty extensive. Mm -hmm. um, oh, forgot to mention, it does have beam sabers, of course. Uh, those are in the uh, those pop out of the wrists, um, and they're actually cool because they're extendable. Uh, the the handle extends out after they pop out, which is kind of it's kind of neat. Another thing that's interesting, I think, for this point in Zeta, I mean, I think this becomes more of a thing, but like in the early part of Zeta, you see a lot of machines that are you know carrying weapons. Masala is, I mean, you know, obviously the beam sabers pop out, but everything else is an integrated weapon on this thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything in it is just it's it's in the body. It doesn't need a hole. In it. Mm -hmm. uh, which I also... think is something cool too. I think it's cool. It also does, though, make it a much less modular machine. Oh, yeah. This is... This is... Well, that's the thing, though, right? Shiroko was not making this machine to be, like, used by anyone else. This is just sure. him making his own robots. Because that's what Shiroko just gets to do, because he's a fucking... I almost said oil baron, but, um, you know, he's, he's a... He's a person who literally is running like one of the most important uh, fuels in the Earth sphere, um, back and forth. 
So he just gets to do this. He gets to just make all of his own custom mobile suits. Or, as we'll talk about, ones for his uh, prospective quote-unquote queens, to use how he talks about them. <laughs> yeah, it just makes it really interesting because I think there's a lot of, like, you know, we're, we're very used to the legacy of Gundam having these machines like, like Gundams or, like, you know, even like the Zeong, right? Which are certainly very, like, powerful machines, but also feel like they are built as, like, proof of concepts for a cheaper version. At no point is Sirocco like, and then I will make the cheaper version of the Masala. That is no. not a consideration of his. Yeah, definitely not. Um... And yeah, it's it's such a it, it's such a departure from mobile suit design up until this point um, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, it feels like a boss mobile suit, right? Yeah, that's what it feels like. It does feel like this is like a, a major boss, um, and it, it takes some damage in battle finally. But I mean, it's it's a very intimidating machine, and obviously Shiroki gets away from it all, and then goes on to build the uh, to to use the giant refrigerator. Um, a lot of the explanations, so this thing's also, like, besides being an MA, uh, like, having an MA mode, um, it, it is just covered in thrusters, and a lot of times the explanation is because, uh, Shiroko intends for these to also be able to work within Jupiter's gravity well, if he expects to, like, fight around Jupiter, I guess, uh, which mm. I don't think really ever happens in normal Gundam, but, you know, um, and so... Like, you know, Jupiter being, you know, a big gas giant, strong gravity well, etc., uh, he, he, he wanted machines that would just be able to just operate in that completely normally, um, which is usually an explanation for why they're so big. Because, like, this thing is 23 meters tall at the head, which is already kind of large for that era of Zeta, but when you include the binders going up, it's o it's it's over thirty meters tall. This is a chunky mobile suit, and I it's it's not it's something I never even really thought about until I built the model because you know a lot of times when you build a model because they're scaled, you start realizing oh this is much larger than I thought, or sometimes even that it's smaller than you thought. This was definitely one of those that I went like oh this is a big boy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it's also built to be so like despite its size, it's built to be so nimble and stuff, and mm -hmm. just like. Even comparing it to the other machines that Sirocco makes, it is the small one. Yeah, this is the small one, uh, which is very funny because uh, we're going to talk about the others. And you know, uh, yeah, this one, this one is the little one though. This is the little guy, um, and it is, like you said, it is nimble. It is not like a slow machine. Um, I mean, that's one of the things about it that makes it such like an intimidating foe when it appears too. Just mm -hmm. this large spacecraft that turns into a big mobile suit um, that is fast and strong. Interestingly enough, this is actually one of the designs we can talk about also. the uh, So, Gundam has Gundam the Origin. The Origin also it has its problems. Uh, we don't go into that on this show. Listen to GGP in a couple of years, five years or whatever, and you'll be able to cover it there. Um, but um, there's a even more problems uh, Zeta manga uh, called uh, Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam Defined. And now, Zeta Gundam Define actually has someone that we are familiar with, because we talked about the Pale Rider recently, right? Mm -hmm. And the Pale Rider is by an artist named Kyoshi Takigawa. Kyoshi Takigawa also does the art for Zeta Define. Um, and since you've seen his art, you know it's quite detailed. Um, if you're looking on the wiki, they actually have a link to this as well. Uh, he goes ham on the Masala in a way no. that is unexpected for him, because with... His design, like, you've seen the, the Pale Rider, 
it's a it's detailed, but if it still like kind of fits the aesthetics of a one year war machine. When he re- redesigned this for that manga, it's a lot. This is like a Gundam narrative masala. It's it's the detail level is ridiculous. It looks um, really good though. The thing I like that it is seemingly changed is if you look at the uh, faceplate, like uh, at the crossplate that becomes like the face of the mobile armor, it mm-hmm. also is now like a uh, mono eye. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it has like a little mono eye track and setup, which I think might even be cooler than the little eyes. I do like this design a lot. I still like the original too for its own reasons. But, and, and sometimes like a lot of the up detailed designs I kind of just like roll my eyes at. I do like a lot of Zeta Defiance designs, though. Not all of them, but some of them. And this is one of the ones I do really like. Um, this looks cool. Because it's, yeah. Just alternative art to talk about. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, besides that, only other alternative art to be t- to talk about is uh, when, uh, from our Gay Dry episode, uh, our good friend uh, Kazuhisa Kongo uh, did the Zeta manga. He also redesigned it in his own way. Uh, it's so interesting seeing someone who wants to make very, like, weird tank-like mobile suits take... Like, like Kondo makes machines that look, like, a lot like machines. The Gay Dry is, like, his one exception for the most part because, like, you know, it's supposed to look big and buggy. But a lot mm-hmm. of his things are supposed to look, like, more rounded, tanky, etc. And even, even the Gay Dry has, like, you know, that kind of, like, paint style on it a lot of the times where it's like that more militaristic camouflage paint mm-hmm. um it's really interesting seeing him mess with this design uh he actually gave it a very gay dry like head which is very funny to me um i love that redesigned shoulder cannons like or the you know over the shoulder cannons mm-hmm. on the backpack there um he puts all these like little like antenna all over them too uh which is great um, it has the tiniest little fingies in the world because that's yeah. what Kondo does. Baby um, and I guess it really doesn't need them because, like you mentioned, it doesn't hold a weapon other than beam sabers. All it needs is like little graspers for a beam saber. It doesn't need like full on complex mm-hmm. manipulators. So yeah. I, I guess that works. Um, he also makes the grades look even more degenerate, kind of, which I like. Like, not actually degenerate. Like they're just you know they're kicked forward though, like sort of in a reverse joint way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of neat. Um, which is actually going to tie into the first variants we're going to talk about on this episode, which are the ABFSRR01S Masala Dinofost Jupiter. And then there's an upgrade to that. Yes, we have to. We have to. Um, Because this is what happens when Kazumi Fujita, uh, the designer of the uh, Masala, uh, goes just full ham on it. Um, The body has been streamlined to be even more effective for the mobile armor mode. And also, it's joint, like, the, the way that the joints are done is so weird. The legs have gone full-on reverse joint. Um, the arms are, like, kind of folded back on the upper arm, and then, like, it's just kind of pointed forward. Like, it's got, like, a weird little creature stance. Um, I like this thing, because it just leans in on all the weirdness of the Masala, but, and then just even more so. Like, instead of even having, like, the beam savers or anything, it just has, like, claw hands um this is not a mobile suit at this point basically not no um it's 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 a really neat design though Mm -hmm. um and i I, like i said i just love that it has like these weird it has like the weird claw arms it has like i love like all the angles on it too like especially like you notice on the backpack like it has these very like organic looking angles applied to it um 
I, I just think this is a cool machine. There's another variant which is uh, related that you will see uh, off, off this one, which is the Dinofast Alpha. Alpha. The primary difference on the Alpha is uh, it it has um, missile arms instead, just missile launcher arms. So this one is even less of a mobile suit than the already less of a mobile suit ones. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't even have arms anymore, it just has missile launchers. Um, but yeah, I I think these are neat. I think the Dino Foss are neat. There's not a lot to talk about with them. Um, I don't know a lot about Tyrant's Sword other than I like the designs. Um, it, it Shiroko, has, because it has a, is a non-humanoid, apparently Shiroko names it the ABFS, the ABFS in its name is Aggressive Beast Formed Suit. So it's even got like a kind of, like even the story acknowledges, oh, this is designed to be like almost more animal-like than, hmm. you know. And the name hey, Dino Faust, it has so Dino sh- in it. So Shiroko's alive? Okay, so Tyrant's Sword does not take place after Zeta. It takes place during Zeta. Oh, right. Yes, of course. Is the weird thing. It takes place during Zeta. Um, which is weird. It, 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 that's weird for its own reasons. Um, Tyrant's Sword takes place during Zeta um, with an artist who is unfettered and is thinking about, oh, what if we do a bunch of prototypes that are supposed to be the future of mobile suit design? So he does them as, you know, very fancy designs because the idea is a lot of the things appearing in uh, Tyrant's Sword are supposed to be prototypes. Well, the problem is Double Zeta happens. <laughs> um, yeah. So... We know what the future of mobile suit design is. It is not Tyrant Sword of Neofolia's, uh, you know, obsession Pre- with pretend like, robot or pretend dinosaur robots, pretend dinosaur robots or mobile bits or anything like that. Uh, if anything, we're not getting mobile bits until the nineties. But you know, because um, mm-hmm. let's see, uh, that side story comes out. Uh, okay, it actually came out in eighty-seven. Uh, okay, so I actually thought this had come out in eighty-six. I was wrong. So he did make this after Double Zeta. He just made the mobile suits weird as fuck then. And gave him, like, motorcycle cockpits and shit. Alright. Color me corrected. I thought he was uh, doing some kind of cool theoretical future as done by one of the mechanical designers of some of the Stranger mobile suits. But no, he's just... He's just doing what all side story people do. He just wants to be like, what if a Masala was a T-Rex? And I'm like, you know, rock on, man. The thing is, it it is cool, is the thing. (laughs) It is cool. In my opinion. Alright, so following up, uh, we have what we rolled today after the Masala. We have the PMX-001 Palace Athene. Um, Palace Athene's cool. So, starting with this design, uh, another tall collar situation. The head is separate now, it's not like one unit. But I can't imagine it moving very much because it just has some tubes that go straight into the torso there. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, As you go down, you've got very clearly defined, like, halves of each, like, the chest armor with, like, a vent sort of, like, section going down the middle, which is really neat. It Very weird-looking mobile suit. Uh, more tubes, because more tubes. Um, uh, the shoulders are pretty cool. Uh, I like these, like, weird big shoulders with these, like, beam emitters on them. It has, like, spread beam guns, sort of like the doms where they're not necessarily useful for combat. They're more as, like, weird flashers or destroying, like, um... Like, doing minor damage to a mobile suit or, like, destroying missiles, that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's just a bunch of little beams that are kind of just shooting out everywhere. Um, uh, you move down to the forearms, and I believe... Yes, it has mega beam cannons in either forearm. 
similar to the ones like on the backpack of the um, the Masala, uh, just built into the forearms. Um, it has hands. I don't even know why it has hands at this point, honestly. Um, I mean, beam sabers again. I guess yeah, beam sabers. Um, <laughs> uh, it has a shield uh, on the left arm uh, that has missiles, Gan style. Uh, on the right arm, um, instead of, like, a normal... See, it doesn't even use a handheld gun, which is the funniest thing. It just attaches a double-barrel beam cannon to the wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and there's also a grenade launcher on it as well. Uh, this thing is loaded with weapons, too, by the way. Uh, just to note. Um, then, uh, you also have... Uh, it has... If you look at the legs, you can see it has claws on the feet, too. Uh, similar. Uh, to the Masala, um, which is, it's, it's amusing to, it's just amusing to me, uh, seeing that, um, just because, like, (laughs) just Shiroko just being like, uh, you know what we need? We need ways to make our kicks more effective. Uh, that's what we need to combat the AU. And it's just like, yeah, sure. Okay, fine. Why not? Um, also, I really like, so, just as a design note, I really like the weird, like, sort of orange stripe going down the wings there in the skirt mm-hmm. armor. Should talk about the skirt armor, too. Weird skirt armor, because it's skirt armor that co- basically is, like, almost, like, a, like most of a circle going around it, rather than being, like, separate, um, which is pretty cool. Like, it has two distinct halves that just go all the way around, um, and then they both meet at a thruster that's also on the rear skirt. Also very much like the one on the um the masala there's actually it's interesting because this does not look like the masala at all but the more you look at it you can see design elements that were like carried over mm-hmm. which is kind of cool um and then uh i believe yeah on the backpack it can arm missiles um just uh gets four huge missiles on either side um which is you know just because you already have grenade launchers you have twin beam guns you have beam guns built into the wrists you have missile launchers in the shield. Uh, you, you know, you have scattering beam cannons on either shoulder. Why not gigantic ass missiles on uh, the backpack that are designed so that they can just blow up entire ships? Yeah, I mean, this is not a this is not a duelist machine. I mean, it can you know it can fight one on one and it's fine. But what it's built for is just sort of carving a path of destruction through people who aren't prepared for dealing with an ace. Yes, exactly. Um, not only that, uh, Shiroko, you know is probably following behind either in Theo, which is, you know, a heavily armored, that one is a dueling mobile suit, uh, as well as, like, the Bolanok Saman, which, uh, we'll talk about soon, which provides a lot of support, because it's kind of got, like, more of an EWAC role. Um, mm-hmm. it's also the one everyone forgets about. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Palace Athene is really cool. Um, it is just a neat mobile suits. Palace Athene, I should say. Palace Athene, right. Uh, or Atene, Maybe it's even pronounced Atme. Anyway, uh, look, it looks like a theme. I'm just reading it as that. I'm just, I'm just um, going to say a theme. I don't care. That's fair. Um, but anyway, uh, so this is used by everyone's favorite um, the, the turf rebel fighter turned fascist, uh, Reko Aland. Uh, you know, someone uh, who solely from being uh, shunned and being very gender essentialist. Uh, Getting, like, you know, deciding, ah, I'm going to defect and join up with uh, Shiroko. I'm going to defect um, because gender is real. It's base- is like almost word for word what she says. Basically, uh, yes. And the, the, the thing is, some people might read that as, oh, Tamino's being weird about gender again. 
but to be fair, Emma and Fa basically look at her and go, what are you on about? <laughs> um, a lot of the time, because, you know, obviously she gets in fights with them a lot, and they're like, you know, Rekko, why did you, you know, why did you leave the AU? And she's just like, because gender. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah, listen, I do think Tomino is bad about gender, but also oh, yeah, he just sure. kind of wrote Rekko to be a moron. But the thing is, Rekko is not an example of that, right? Like, that's, that's the thing. It's that thing that comes up where it's like, I can agree with criticism, it's just what is being criticized is, like, where I disagree. Mm -hmm. When I think about Tomino being weird about gender and stuff, I think about characters like Rosamia and such. Uh, I don't think about Rekoa. Rekoa is entirely funny to me, actually, is the thing. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, Rekoa is the pilot of this machine. Um, Shiroko, again, planning for his queens, because Shiroko, the UC's, you know, first pickup artist, uh, probably, I don't want to say first pickup artist, no, he's like the first pickup artist, yeah. I mean, Jared. Uh, being... Is Jared a pickup artist? He's not a very good one, but yeah. No, because I, like all the women that fall in love with Jared just want to beat the shit out of him, and then they're in love with him after they beat the shit out of him. I don't know if that's like, hmm. I, I don't know if that's a tactic for pickup artists. I to mean, be like, I don't think that's a tactic on Jared's part. I think that's just how it goes because Jared's bad at everything. He fails. <laughs> he fails upwards even in relationships. Just, just sorry. Imagining that scene of um of, uh, what's her first name? Layla Mira. Uh, Lila the, the first one, the first, the first girlfriend of his that 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 definitely is going to last the series, but doesn't. Um, yeah, she, her kicking the shit out of him in a hallway, uh, is always the scene I'm thinking of with her. Besides her piloting a Gabaldi, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, Shiroko though, first new type powered pickup artist of UC. Uh, he he sucks, and he's like, hey, I'm gonna make machines for my queens. And that's what this is. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the second one, uh, which is the Bolanok Saman. Yep. The Bolanok Saman is the usually more unknown one of the two. Uh, it shows up a lot, but I know people who have watched Zeta that are like, what the fuck is this? Um, I believe I had a conversation with M from GGP, actually, about this very thing at one point. Um, so... Uh, the Bolanok Saman is also very weird. Uh, another green machine. Um, the head is strange, to say the least. You get, like, these, like, weird... You, you get, like, this weird kind of bunny ear situation happening, or, like, cat ear? Dog ear? Yeah, I don't the, even know how I, to describe I would, that. I would say dog ear, because they're, they're, like, they're short and wide. Yeah, and then um, it's got, like, a dome on the head. Uh, usually this is one of the things that, like, I, I think is supposed to be interpreted as... Uh, its surveillance uh, package um, mm -hmm. is in the head. Um, it also has them in the arms, uh, which seems like a bad place to me, but that's just me, uh, you know, putting your surveillance equipment. Um, you've got this very rotund body that is, like, very round. Um, like, it, it, it's just... It, it, it reminds me of, like, a Xeon, like, um, amphibious mobile suit, kind of, right? Like, mm -hmm almost act guy vibes from the shape of this body just because it's very large and round and like very like large pieces of armor very rounded pieces of armor and also the head is very high up on it too it has a long neck looking up because like you can see where it's inset into the torso and then you see where the head is in relation to that uh, it's very weird proportions happening here much like all of uh 
all of Shiroko's suits, honestly. Um, you also have, um, like, shoulders with missile launchers. Again, kind of the idea taken from the Masala, though. These ones have, like, little latches that open up, which I always like the effect of that. Um, on the right arm, you have a basically a pair of giant scissors um, that also mount uh, beam guns in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see, like, the two barrels of them. So it, it has like a grabby claw with like a beam like beam rifle in there. Um, the beam, but the but the beam the beam uh, guns in there pop out to become beam sabers if needed. Yes, because that that was also a very uh, common thing in the Zeta era, which feels interesting to me because I, I kind of want to see. They look, the, I guess given the hand size, they're just big beam sabers actually. Because mm-hmm. I was like looking at those barrels, I'm like those seem big for beam sabers, but now I'm looking at the the thing's hands and. Honestly, the Bullen Oak has large hands, too. Um, so, uh, and then you go down to the, like, the, the rest of the arm, pretty simple setup. Uh, go down to the legs, uh, again, pretty simple setup. Actually, very normal legs, no claws, really. Um, you do have vestiges of claws, I guess, in the form of, like, the heels, because the way they are mounted, like, if you look at the rear shot, mm. they do have, like, you know, almost the mounting, like, the claws, but they're just flat heels. But, but Poptimus um, was like, Sarah couldn't handle that. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, uh, one of the more strange parts of it, a very omnidirectional backpack. You need thrusters in a direction. This backpack has you covered. Yeah. Um, left and right side. Um, I believe, given the design of those, those probably rotate the barrels on those, um, like on either side. Mm-hmm. You've got thrusters on the top. You've got three thrusters just going down the middle. You've got thrusters on either side of the lower half uh, that each have five thrusters in their little, like, you know, container. You've got... I believe those are thrusters on the back of the legs, which is such a weird place to have them, like on the back of the thigh there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just very thrustery machine, because relative to the other units, um, this is very underarmed, probably because of its you know, role as a surveillance unit. I, I, did we mention um, the, the rockets in the shoulders? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah I had mentioned like... Like the masala, it has the rockets in the shoulders, and mm-hmm. they have the, but instead of like popping up, and they have like little latches. So, pretty cool. So here's the thing. I think this is not a very good design. I think it's interesting just because of how different it is, but I think it kind of sucks. Um, I... It depends. I don't like the art of it as much, and it doesn't get a good showing in the show. There's an incredibly cool toy of it, though, is the problem. Mm. And like most mobile suits, I, I, I look at a 3D model of it and go, oh, this is actually incredibly cool. Um, I, oh, I should mention also, real quick, uh, the beam sabers can become a giant beam tomahawk, by the way. Yes, good point. As well. Uh, which is so much. Like, they, they you pull them out all the way, and the bottom of them is, like, tomahawks. And it has two of those. So it could theoretically just run around dual-wielding tomahawks. Like, just huge axes made of beam. Which, IMO is cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, uh, this is definitely, of all the ones that we see, probably the most underwhelming. Um probably due to the limited armament and it doesn't really show up a lot like it doesn't get to do a lot is what i should say and um, I also i mean i think there are interesting ideas in the visual design but i feel like they're not taken to any kind of conclusion th- yeah yeah well like we mentioned it's a surveillance suit right it doesn't really lean in on it though like you know some survey like later surveillance suits right like you get all those ewak units we've talked about and like they're very clearly ewak units um the bullet oak just has like a little black bot like thing on the head like little you know 
spe spherical dome, uh, and that's all that really does it. Like, it says it has it on the arms. No, it doesn't. They're not visible. Um, I don't care about non-visible surveillance packages. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's a very... Yeah, it's, it is it is a weird machine. Um, I did link you to the, uh, the cost signature of it that is always going for super cheap, because even though it's a really cool toy, obviously, again, not a very popular design. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I actually really like the cost signature of it. Um, getting to see it in, like, weird poses and, like, with the redone kind of, like, proportions actually is really, neat. uh, specifically stuff like this, like, where it's, like, I, I like things that emphasize, like, it's weird form a bit more. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a, a very well done toy, but it doesn't make me think the design isn't bad, I guess. That's fair. I like it, though. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad design. It's definitely, though, I will agree with you, out of all of them, probably my least favorite. Um, the, there is some interesting uh, art of this one uh, that we could quickly talk about, because, uh, first of all, we have Kazuhisa Kondo, who goes, oh, this is supposed to be a surveillance machine? Gotcha. What if I leaned in on that? Yeah. Uh, so the backpack is still covered in the thrusters, but he also has all these antenna all over them, including a large one that comes up over the back. Just a large horizontal antenna. Um, the head is almost all dome. Uh, I love it. Like it, He gave it a two-eye setup again. He keeps giving things like very gay dry faces. I never realized how much that face pops up of giving it two eyes and then like almost like a Gundam mask or like a Zeta-style Gundam mask in there. But then the rest of the head is like weird looking. Um, you've got all these like little antennas sticking out of it. You have a extra radome, uh, looks like applied to the crotch air like armor. Uh, just on the right side. Um, again, he made the fingies tiny, which uh, another one that doesn't have handheld things other than the melee weapons. Because um, again, it, it has the scissors and stuff, but those are mounted on the arm, like just because people have realized, oh wait a minute, why don't we put things on the shields? That way, the shields aren't just gone. Like you know, the beam weapons are common now. By that point in Gundam. Mm -hmm. Shields can maybe help you for one or two shots now, but it's not like the one-year war where, like, oh, I have this huge hunk of metal and a Zaku machine gun's not going to break through it, or that kind of thing. Um, so at that point, you may as well add the shield because it's an attachable thing, and because it's attachable to the arm, why not give it other functions? But you know? I feel like I feel like you're kind of making an argument to the other direction, right? Which is, in the one-year war, you've got this piece of metal that's going to protect you, and you're probably going to have it for most of the fight. Whereas here, it's like, this will protect you from one hit. So let's say you go into battle, and the Boanaxamon, and uh, the Zeta fires, and you block it with your shield, and your shield is destroyed, and then you have no weapons. That's fair. I guess the idea would be, um, given that all the, all the thrusters it has don't get hit. <laughs> but at that point, why is it a shield? Well, I my feeling on it is that if you're mounting a shield on the arm, that maybe you can do weapons that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do as like a handheld weapon. Mm, okay. Like, how would you integrate? Like, I know the pincers are silly, but you couldn't really integrate that into a handheld weapon that wouldn't already be unwieldy and easy to shoot. Anyway. I mean, I feel like you could put it on the top and bottom of the forearm so it just clamps down over the fist. That's fair, and I'm honestly surprised Shiroko didn't think of that, given, you know, the whole thing with, uh, like, the the Masala having that. But, look, Listen. He, he was planning on Sarah just never getting hit, and honestly probably just trying to keep her out of battle, given how short range this thing is, and, like, how it's not really, like, 
this mobile suit is definitely not like intended to be like this is oh, a, this, this is, is a mobile suit that was designed to stay alive until Poptimus needed her to die. So yeah, I guess um, I do like uh, this weird model variant, which I don't know what that's from, but I do love that it's decided. What if we made the backpack into a Hyzak? It looks to operate as more sensors. It looks really cool. It's so dumb, but also amazing. I, I, I just ha I had to link that. I would really love it if the way this worked is you got in the Hyzak to pilot it, and that was also like your escape vehicle. God, just like a little limbless Hyzak with like a thruster on it. It's like, this is the largest escape pod. And people wouldn't shoot it because they would just think it's like damaged like from the shoal zone. Uh-huh. That'd be great. God. All right. Um, so besides that, um, so... We talked about that underwhelming one. Now we talk about one that I definitely know is mixed on people. The PMX 003 Theo. Uh, so Theo is... Wait, um, you, you say Theo and not V-O? Theo. Look, I... It, I alternate. I don't have a consistent way of saying it. I, sometimes I just say it as Theo. Well, the way the way he says it in the show it. is G-O. He does say it as two separate words. It's not like Theo. It's not like the name Theo. I'm just saying it fast because in fact I have already forgiven Theo. It is it is it is a cumbersome name to see Theo to say Theo and like have to like make sure I have that like little stop there. Every okay, time I say okay, it. fine. That's the only reason I do that. So Theo, see, like it just it, it, anyway Theo um, is a big fridge. Um, I'm so mad because real quick because you made the joke six. Uh, my partner sitting behind us right now while I'm recording uh, just made the exact same joke. Uh, she didn't hear you, by the way. She just sent me a random message saying, uh, I have already forgiven Theo. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I'm glad I'm glad this is just, <laughs> this is a known quantity. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the fridge. Um, so Theo is a, a large mobile suit that, depending on what art I'm looking at it, I either think it's extremely cool or extremely dumb. Um... This is a neat mobile suit on the whole still. Uh, this is a mobile suit that is the most simple aspects of a mobile suit. It has a gun, it has beam sabers, and it has a humanoid form. This actually is the arguably even less armed than the Bolanoke in some ways. What it makes up for in lack of armament is a sheer ridiculous amount of armor and thrust. This machine is huge, and yet is also one of the fastest and even most mobile machines that, like, is apparently fielded. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's just so strange, you know? Um, but again, if Paptimus Shiroko, with infinite budget because of his giant Jupiter operation, uh, since he works with, like, the energy fleet or whatever, um, gets to make this really cool giant mobile suit. Uh, the armor is so thick, it doesn't need shields. Beams just don't really affect it. Like, weak beams just kind of hit the armor and don't actually penetrate it. Which is a testament to the armor, because the thing is, we watch mobile suits get torn in half like, you know, a hot knife going through butter by beams. Theo can just shrug it off a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. uh, again, maybe not, like, huge beams. Uh, I'm sure if you Meg Mega Bazooka launched it or something, it, it would be gone. Uh, but, like, you know, the Cubalase funnels don't do anything to it. <laughs> um, and several times it gets shot, and you just see the shot kind of hit, and it doesn't matter. So it's a big, big, chunky, unstoppable boy. 
yeah, um, absolutely massive. Um, the, the mobile suit, it's, oh, it, its height is pretty tall. It is 24.8 meters at the head. Of course, it has a backpack uh, that has a large upward thing that goes up to like 28 meters. Chunky machine. Um, it so, the, like I said, the Theo does not have like a lot going on for it. We talk about the head real quick. The head is weird. It is extremely tall. Um, the body extremely chunky, covered in like little thrusters in all directions possible. Mm-hmm. Um. You hit the waist. It does have like like the cool power tubing on the waist. Uh, the front skirt's absolutely gigantic, and there's a reason for this. Uh, it's one gimmick is uh well besides like being huge, uh is that it does have sub arms mm-hmm. uh, that are hidden behind the skirts. Uh, they it is able to use these to wield beam sabers, um, or in some video games sometimes even extra beam rifles. Uh. Gundam Extreme versus having its, uh, I believe it's its CSA, uh, short shot A attack, being, I'm going to slide at you as Theo, firing four beam rifles at you, uh, at once because of the sub-arms holding two of them. Sure, uh, why not? Which is hilarious. Just buy more guns. Yes. Um, but, uh, uh, a lot of times it is shown, yeah, either quad-wielding beam sabers or wielding three beam sabers and then the rifle and the right arm. Um, ridiculous uh machine for like a duelist because we kind of went over it with the other roles you have a surveillance one you have a long range one this is the short range one it's extremely fast most of its weapons are meant to be used up close uh it is hard to do anything to it though Mm -hmm. um and it, it is a strong machine um the funniest thing is uh, so there's the post Zeta biosensor thing that always comes up with like the Zeta Gundam and stuff. Apparently, Theo has a biosensor, but is not, but it is not the Zeta's biosensor. It is just called the biosensor as well, which it just makes me go nuts when I see that. I hate that. It doesn't need that. It's fine. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah. So uh, you've got big bulky arms. The thrusters on the shoulders look extremely cool. I love like the weird scoop thrusters on the outer shoulders. Mm-hmm. The upper arms have armor going over them. The lower arms, you can tell there's a lower arm in there that is also wearing armor. Uh, the legs are just gigantic plates of armor. The feet are huge. Again, you have all these thruster points everywhere all over it. The backpack, again, omnidirectional thrusters. Um, a large fin on the top of it. Um, very distinctly shaped mobile suit. I think it is a cool one a lot of the time. I don't think art does it justice. And sometimes even in the show, I don't necessarily like it. But I've seen like the model kits and stuff. And again, it's a design that is so imposing and cool in 3D that it's hard for me not to like it. Yeah, it's I think it. I think it's 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 easy. Like it's so big that I think, you know, it's one of those designs that suffers when they try and, you know, like draw it quickly for individual cells. It can just turn into sort of this blurry blob of, of beige. Um, yeah. But yeah, when it is properly rendered, I do think it's a fantastic looking machine. Yeah. Like they, they did a master grade of it. Uh, sadly, um, one that a lot of people do not like, which is for a good reason. Uh, namely, uh, it is one of the most expensive master grades. And yet they didn't include, they only included, uh, two two like saber parts for the beam what they could have just thrown in an extra thing so they could have all four that's stupid yeah especially for a 120 dollars. christ master yeah 
I mean, it's... It, 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 I understand why it's worth that, because look at the inner frame of it, even. Its inner frame has about as much plastic as some completed models, especially when you realize how tall the boy is. Yeah. Um, look at uh, those feet. Those are such big feet. Seeing him without armor, <laughs> it's just like, good God. Yeah, it's so funny. Like, just a huge design. Um, And I really like this kit of it in particular, just, like, in terms of seeing the design in 3D. Because uh, the thing is, some robots, again, just look better in 3D, and I really think this is one of them. Um. Not saying that 2D animation couldn't do it well, I'm just saying that, like, relative to, like, looking at a design that is, like, this chunky, this, like, monocolor, etc., you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's just, it's nice. Um, here it is by the old Sazabi, so you can kind of, it, it's not, like, I, I think it has about as much mass as the Sazabi is how I would word it. It is not taller, necessarily. Um, well, I mean, it technically is with the head. I, okay, look. I don't. I'm not counting the the silly backpack thing for its height. That's that's cheating. Cheating on the height uh, with Shiroko. Uh, but yeah, um, it really cool design though in terms of just like ridiculousness. And again, uh, Duelist mobile suit. This is the one piloted personally by Shiroko. Um, it is pretty strong. The armor thick enough to block beams, not thick enough to block the front of the Zeta gunman. Uh, cue uh, Shiroko's screaming face uh, after getting hit. Theo is where we start getting some weird variants, including, again, by our good friend uh, that we talked about earlier, Tasuhisa Kondo, in the form of Theo 2, which is a land-based Theo. Uh, this, it is also... <laughs> this is being listed to me as being uh, Kobayashi. Uh, it is... So... I think it's both of them. There are some manga that are 100% by Kondo that it shows up in. Mm. Like, the revival of Xeon manga that it shows up in uh, is a Kondo manga. And you see, like, that that is drawn by Kondo. Um, I don't know who worked on it first. Um, it, it is... I, I don't know if it's Kobayashi originally or Kondo, or if Kondo did the artwork and Kobayashi did the model work or what. But, yeah... So, Theo 2, uh, also known as either the Hower for some reason, or Neo Geo, which I love that name because we, <laughs> we brought it up. In Japanese, the way you say Theo is G-O. So, Neo Geo is actually a very good, appropriate name. Uh, why did they make it land-based? Why did They just made a hover tank is what they've made. This is not a mobile suit. This is a hover tank where you gave it an articulated upper body. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at the feet, and it's like, what if the feet had a bunch of toes that were thrusters pointed downward? Um, what if the rear skirt was elongated even more and also had downward pointing thrusters? Uh, what if the front skirts, instead of having uh, normal, uh, like, little hands, had gigantic claws for some reason? Um, very strange mobile suit. Um, Comes up in a couple of Kondo mangas. One of those popular ones among, like, resin kit people just for being such a ridiculous design. Um, but I kind of like it for its audacity. Um, very strange to me, though, deciding we're going to make Theo into a, uh, in, into a hover, hover tank for ground use only. Yeah, as, as is common when fucking Kondo starts wilding. This honestly looks more like it should be from, you know, like, I don't know, like Ghost in the Shell or something. Yeah, it's a very strange 
design. Um, I like a lot of elements of it, and I like I like when you can recognize like things that they changed from the original. Like the shoulders actually still like retain some of the shapes. It's just the scoops have been like the scoop thrusters are instead replaced with like extra armor and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there are cool elements that are changed that you can see like similarities to the original design. However, the design's real wacky. Um, besides that, uh, we also have a mass production type Theo uh, in that also appears in that manga called uh, called the um, PMX 005 Breta, um, which uh, shows up in several of Kondo's mangas. It shows up in some of the video games he worked on. Um, it is a... Uh, it's literally just like a weird mass production Theo, and again, Kondo doing Kondo things. The skirt is huge. It is so big. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gigantic skirt. Um, it is just... It's it's a ridiculous machine. There are variants of this um, that I will quickly just mention, just to mention, uh, because they show up. Uh, we also have the Jaguar, the PMS 007 Jaguar 1, the PMS 007B Jaguar 2. Uh, you're starting to get into robots that just don't look like Gundam robots. Yeah. I like these. Again, as their own design, they're kind of neat. But these almost feel... Like, like, Jaguar almost looks like it would be power armor or something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, given, like, its stance and everything. Like, if, like, it should just be scaled down more. Um, And then the Jaguar 2 it is so strange being related to it. Because the Jaguar 2 is very normal looking actually like it looks like a mobile suit it's very it's got some weird proportions going on but like it has like the squared off armor and stuff like it looks like an actual proper mobile suit Mm -hmm. it's so strange kondo is such a strange artist um one thing for one one thing i really appreciate from the brita's description is that they're like so basically they took the the o mass produced scaled it down and mass produced it and basically that was a formula for a mobile suit that sucks shit like uh whose mass made it an easy target to hit and cause severe damage basically it sucked yeah yeah well uh you can't win them all (laughs) it's it's kind of what ties in with what you talked about earlier these were not made for mass production no you can't scale them down because they lean in on their gimmicks so hard Mm -hmm. um but yeah um one variant one more variant that we can talk about a little bit more extensively uh, that shows up in the G-Gen games, a variant that I quite like, mm. is the PMX 004 Titania. So, this is supposed to be the one that actually goes with Theo. And uh, this actually ties into... Uh, there's not a lot of information on this design, uh, but I guess I'll also bring up this design as well because it, it is related to Theo. There is a thing called Mobile Suit Gundam Valpurgis that has a weird Gundam called Overon, which of course in Japanese is pronounced like Oberon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and uh, the Gundam has Chabum armor in that. That makes it look like Theo. Um, and I don't know the story of Valpurgis. It's fucking weird. Uh, but anyway, it's not it's not a manga that's ever going to matter. Um Anyway, all, all I wanted to note, though, was uh, it makes me wonder if the O, like the O in the name, actually is supposed to stand for Oberon, because the Titania comes way earlier in the G-Gen games, and, you know, obviously Titania, Oberon. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of makes sense. Uh, anyway, so 
the Titania is a very strange mobile suit. Uh, it is kind of... It feels weird generating a mobile suit, but it does almost feel like a feminized Theo. Well, I mean, you know? the thing is, it's it was designed to be the one that, that Shiraco gave to his queen. Yeah. So this is, like, it's it's strange. So you look at the upper body, and it actually has a very similar to, like, the Palace Athene upper body. And even, like, the back I can see popping up is very Palace Athene-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, uh... But and and the torso, the actual upper tos, torso is actually pretty tight. Um, then you get to these massive shoulders. Though. And when I say massive, I mean massive, huge shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, thrusters on either side of them. Uh, they also contain funnels, which is pretty cool because I like funnels. They're kind of made to look like blooming flowers almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, also on either shoulder is a subarm. Uh, that pops down. Yeah. So it also has, it does have the subarms. It does have four subarms. Um, so uh, also going through the design, um, when she hit the crotch armor, uh, very strangely, the biggest fucking front skirt thruster setup I've ever seen. Um, you would expect this to be a rear skirt. It looks like a rear skirt in design, but it's the front skirt. Mm-hmm. It actually is so funny to me because if you look at the rear shot, the rear skirt doesn't like have any thrusters or anything on it. So it, it literally feels like it's reversed from normal. Yeah, that looks um, strange. Um, huge. Uh, the, the The actual arms are really like tall too. Like the the hands are small, but you've got like these big sleeves. Um, the legs are also huge. Um, again, everything's a little bit more angular on this compared to Theo. Um, it's a little bit more like. Like I said, it almost takes design cues from the Palace Athene. What if we made the Palace Athene very thick? Um, is kind of the thing going on. Uh, you got these really cool... I, li- I like the way the feet do, like, the heels. Like, the heels are huge. They're not just, like, normal high heels. Mm-hmm. You have, like... The rear heel is almost a foot of a mobile suit in and of itself. And then it has this cool, like, front, like, foot area that goes forward. Um, I just think that looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... This is just a neat machine to me. Um, I like when... This is, like, the kind of G-Gen machine I like, where it clearly is not trying to, like, match necessarily anything in the anime. It just goes, you know, what if Shiroko had won? What would he make a counterpart for Theo be like? And they just did it. <laughs> Without any real care for anything else. And that's what I like about this design. It's just a cool design. Um, and... It, uh, like, it, it just kind of goes for it. Um, I, it doesn't, so, it uses a beam rifle, which is like the Theo, it has beam swords, uh, the main difference is it has funnels, and it also has an eye field barrier in the first game it appears in, however, they do remove that in later games, uh, this is always the thing with games, uh, sometimes they just do things in them, uh, and then sometimes they don't, and so you can never actually use that to really determine, uh, I've, this, I've decided this has an eye field, it makes sense. It makes sense given its size. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also um, given the goals of the machine, if this is supposed to be the machine to protect the future queen of of Earth, then it makes sense. Yeah, um, it's it's a neat machine though. I like the weird proportions all over it. I love like the upper body being like it. It almost feels like a mobile suit that would be wearing parts. You know what I mm, mean? Yeah, because like that torso and head is so small compared to the rest of it, and then the rest of it is just gigantic. Um, I like its colors a lot a... too. The like the lavender and purple is really good. Mm-hmm. 
good color scheme. Um, kind of is like uh, all of the the, the Shiroku machines have very pop out to me colors, honestly, because like even like the Bolinoxamon, like it's it's particular shades of using green and yellow like make it pop a lot. Same with like the Palace theme with its blue, green, and orange and yellow, or like. Theo just being a giant orange, like, or sort of yellowish refrigerator. Uh, the Masala being purple. And then, of course, you have this one, which is, like, this lilac and purple. Um, very brightly colored machines, all of them, that I, I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I don't know, just a cool machine. And I figured it since we were talking about these, again, it was the thing where, oh, wait, I can use this to talk about the Titania, so I'm going to do that. <laughs> well, do you want to talk about one more machine? All right, what are we talking about? I think Which while we're at it, we should talk about... The other machine that Sirocco made, the RX one one zero Gabfley. Oh, I forgot he made the gap. No, we shouldn't talk about the Gabfley. Okay. Do you know why? Too many variants. Too many variants. Okay. And I will. I will. Well, okay. You know what? No. What are we at? What's the time? One hour. Fuck it. If you're already listening for an hour, you can listen for ten more minutes, real quick. Um. <laughs> so. The Gapplay, the RX-110 Gapplay. Um, yes, this was a mobile suit developed by Paptima Shiroko. This one is meant for mass production. Uh, this is also a weird one. Another Kazumi Fujita design. I love the Gapplay a lot. Um, so, uh, again, torso and head setup. Very Palace Athena-ish. You have the tubes going into the head. You've got this elongated collar. You've got... Um, you know, like the the like the bright yellow sort of venti torso thing going on. Um, you've got huge shoulders. The shoulders have bell bottoms, basically. Mm. Uh, as do the as do the upper arm uh, armor. Uh, both of them have uh, like like bell bottom flare outs. Um, the actual shoulders themselves have little beam cannons on ball joints that can just kind of rotate around and fire wherever. Um, lots of visible thrusters. Uh, again, the upper arm armor flares out, and there's even more thrusters in there. Um, relatively normal forearms. Uh, the large skirt is also... Actually, I never really put this together. It is also Palace Athena-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is the semicircle connecting to the rear skirt on either side. Um, and it even has, like, the big purple, uh, like, uh, like... I think on this, they are just shown as being, like, cameras or something. But on the uh, Palace of Thing, they tend to get treated like the spread beam guns. Um, but you can see on the skirt, it has like those large, like pink, sort of glassed areas. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the the thigh armor does has bell bottom flares. Um, and you go down to the legs. The legs uh, having uh, some fancy mechanisms to them, uh, and also containing claws. Uh, but instead of them being like heels. The leg armor kind of just sweeps back in a weird way. Um, because this has an interesting transformation in a lot of ways. Because, like, it, 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 you put the actual, like, contents of the legs, like, the, the legs kind of forward in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you have that, like, you know, the little claw arms inside of them. It, it's strange. It has a very weird transformation to me. Just looking at it. Um, absolutely covered in thrusters also um the ma mode is really neat because it has like a little so if you look at its backpack it doesn't really have a backpack um mainly because the thrusters are all over the body everywhere else Mm -hmm. so it doesn't really need the backpack um but 
if you look at the, the mobile armor mode, what happens is the backpack flips upside down and covers, like, the head. And turns into this weird little buggy-looking head. Mm-hmm. It's just got a um, sensor package on there. Really cool uh, mobile armor mode. It also uses a Fedayeen rifle um, that has a beam saber built into it, similar to the way that the um, Zeta Gundam can do that. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of mobile suits in Zeta era start being able to, like, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. Um I think the Gapflay is a cool machine. Uh, very weird color scheme. It adding to the bug feel. It has like a brown and green and yellow thing going on. But like the brown has always made me think of like a beetle or like like something like that when looking at the mobile armor mode. Mm-hmm. Um, just a neat machine. Uh, Shiroko fucking sucks, but makes good robots. Well, I mean, he did fail at his objective here. Uh, he was like, here, I'll make a mass production suit. And they're like, these are great. They're way too expensive. We can't mass produce these. Yeah. <laughs> you only get a couple of them. It's like, uh, Jared uses one. Uh, I believe no. Mauer, yeah. I believe her name is. Yep. Uses the other one. Uh, she dies in it. <laughs> um, yep. Probably also not a good sign, even though I guess you can't really. The thing is, you can't use whether a soldier dies against the AU as a litmus test or not. Especially if it's point, especially if it's a woman in Gundam. <laughs> God, especially if it's Jared's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. So many um, red, so many red flags. That lady was that, that. It's not the machine's fault. Yeah, but uh, also neat mobile suit. Also, kind of interesting. It has four beam sabers. This isn't one of the ones with sub arms. This is just. I I like to think of it as Sirocco being like, oh, I'm going to be putting this ha- in the hands of a commoner. Well, they'll probably drop their beam sabers like an idiot. I better <laughs> give them spares. Yeah, I'm making a mass production machine. I I should I should include more just in case. Let me well, install a you know, diaper you know, you know change those, station you know those, uh, in the cockpit for these morons. The, the, those normal Titan soldiers always losing beam sabers. <laughs> says s- says with a raised intonation but also still not bucking on his plan of doing it <sighs> um I-, I like to think that what happened was um that well no because if you look at it, it i guess it does just have two in the arm in the art there and that's like line art for like the animation um my brain was like well maybe they just like realized oh we drew these arms in a way that looked like symmetrical so they just have four now uh no it looks like that was just planned okay fair mm-hmm. enough yeah and it has a beam saber inside of the fucking rifle. Yep. Just in case. So, you know, there's that. Yep. But you did give it the claws because it needs more close range options just in case. Um, Shiroko. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Wait, what do you I mean, mean it's too expensive? I cut every corner I could. I cut every corner I could. I gave you a sniper with five different melee options. Wait. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Hmm. Um, so there are two variants of the Gaplay. These come from the AOZ, uh, thing I don't like as much, uh, which is Traitor to Destiny. Mm-hmm. It is the one where the designs are not done by the usual AOZ guy. However, I will give them this. These Gaplays are kind of cool. I don't like their color scheme very much, but we have the RX-110C Gaplay Hugin, uh, and then the RX-110NT1 Gaplay Munich. Uh, the Hugin uh, is a... All, both machines have a garish color scheme. They are dark blue with a light blue and red and yellow. They are basically in, like, Titans Mark II colors, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, 
So, the Gaffley Hugin, there's not a lot of changes going on with it uh, that are immediate, immediately noticeable. Still has the four beam saber, still has the lay claws, still has the Fedian rifle, still has the shoulder cannons. Um, main difference is it has a fancy head. Um, some of the proportions are a little different, like it's a little bit boxier. Mm-hmm. But, like, otherwise, like, you know, the, the way the shoulders flare, the thighs flare, etc., it's all pretty similar. Um, it even has a very similar MAMO transformation. Uh, the backpack is also different, uh, just to make it have a fancier nose cone when in MA mode. Um, kind of reminds me almost of, like, I think it kind of looks a little bit like, like the Methuses or something like that. Sure, I can or, see that, yeah. It's it's a bit of a weird backpack, um, but yeah. Uh, the head is very strange on these, by the way, on both of them. Uh, the, the one has, like, a weird set of ornamented horns that are swept back that are painted with stripes for the Hugin. Almost like feathers. And then the Munin almost has, I think it has like a visor face. It's a little hard to see in the artwork. I'm going to actually try to look at it a little better here. Um, yeah, looking at the face of the uh, the Munin, it looks like it has like a weird sort of like sense, like sensor mask in front of the face. The other one ha- does the thing where it has like a mono eye, but then like a Gundam style like face and like chin mm-hmm. this one just has like a visor and no chin just like a weird red mask um it, this one i believe uses a yeah it also uses its own backpack in ma mode that is slightly different not a lot of changes going on there um just kind of neat machines though to see alternate interpretations mm-hmm. uh i like the designs of the heads i wish i liked the colors a bit more i just I don't know. I'm just not a huge. They just don't quite work. I don't think. Just not, not, not a good one for me. But otherwise, yeah. Now, won't make us talk about it. Uh, but I will say, uh, the gap plate, uh, also in design, uh, results in what is my favorite uh, AOZ suit, uh, the Heisen Play. Um, and I just wanted to mention this because it ties into its name. Uh, Heisen Play is the name of a rabbit from Watership Down. Mm-hmm. However. Sometimes it gets spelled as Hazel and Flay, um, as a pun, because it is based on combining the best traits of the Gaplay with the best traits of the Hazel. Oh. So Hazel and Flay. It's funny how that happened to work out. I don't know how far ahead they had to think for that, because Gaplay having Flay in it in the same way that like Heisen Flay would have, along with everything being named after rabbits. Just a weird coincidence, I think they turn into a pun later. Because early on, it never says that. But I felt like mentioning it here. Just because, fuck it, we've already run the clock. I can talk about whatever I want. <laughs> I need to do something about your, your ego. You're getting out of control here. I'm. Well, my ego is perfectly contained and has never expanded at all. Look, this is me being confident, okay? Everyone's always like, oh, Dylan, you seem very, like, sheepish. Like, sometimes on the show, I may not come across it. But I'm used to people talking about me like I'm very sheepish or shy, and I probably am. Um, I apologize for talking to people a lot. But when I'm doing this show, I've done it enough now, I just feel confident. It's great. I wish I could feel like this all the time. It's like a weird podcaster's high. I don't know. All right. Anyway. All right. (laughs) And now we have to end. (laughs) Now we do, I'm afraid, have to end. Uh, Uh, Welcome to the, uh, or I guess goodbye from the... uh, you know, uh, Shiroko special edition of Mechanista and G. So, uh, Dylan, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at twitter.com, unfortunately, um, at Lopoly Robot. Um, 
I mostly just post games. I haven't posted shit in the past week, though, however, because Monster Hunter has consumed my life. Um, and don't worry, they're doing an update next month so it can consume me even more. Anyway, that's me. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Sixdetmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Uh, you can also find my work at scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. And, you know, the work we do around here, I feel like, you know, you may not say it's it's that important. I feel like it brings people happiness. And I only feel that without me, the times will never change. Peace. Peace.